0: Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal podcast. I'm your host, Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno. I'll be interviewing a different chef each fortnight, but asking the very same questions and their answers are all very different, which is what makes each interview so inspiring. Welcome back and hope you're all well and had a fantastic Past fortnight, I am back again with another talented, amazing chef to share with you. This time is a very well known, very well respected, incredibly talented French chef. I think you're going to know his name. It's Chef. Claude Bosey, everyone. He was my neighbour for a while. When we have uh, we've recently moved, but my offices for mine we went were in the Babendam Building, the Michelin House Building, and uh, so yes, yeah, got to know Claude. So therefore, having him next up to interview was a natural step because he's lovely and of course I've done a visit at Bavenden before and eaten his food and as you all know he's amazing his food is incredible and he's just actually a really funny guy as well he's got a really good sense of humor as you will find out in this interview so here he is the man himself enjoy Claude Bosi. Claude Bosi, if I pronounced your surname. Perfect. Very good. Welcome. Thank you for being here and for coming on. Claude, how old are you?
1: I just done 50. Uh, really? A month ago. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm That's part
1: of that group. I was not ready for it, but <laughs> I had to jump in.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, okay, I made it. I love it. Okay, big year for you then. Amazing. Big milestone. So how old were you when you first started cooking professionally? 14. Really?
1: Yeah, 14 years old. Wow. It's yes, a long time. It's
0: a really long time. Why? Yeah, 14
1: wow. years old. I worked in a little brasserie in uh, central France, in central of Lyon. I mean, I was school has never been my favorite part of the, the time. And uh, school said to me, OK, say to my dad, your son can go to the next level, but we don't want him in our school. And I said <laughs> to my dad, I said, to be honest, I don't want really to carry on. I'm not enjoying it. He said, what do you want to do? And I thought, you know what? It was June. I said to myself, if I say something now, I could have the, a good summer off. I want to be a chef. Because my parents, keep in mind, my parents used to have a restaurant, okay. Like, I was always born in this environment of a restaurant and a kitchen. And he said, I want to be a chef. He said, you want to be a chef? He said, yeah. yeah, I want to be a chef. I thought to myself, great. It's going to take me ages to find someone. I'm going to have a good three or four months off for the summer. And two weeks later, he found me a job. in one of his friends who had a brasserie, a big brasserie, in Perrache, where the a train station in, in Lyon. And I worked for a year for free. And he was uh, fantastic actually. I had the chance to find one of his old chefs who used to have a Michelin star before and had to reduce his time and life and took me under his wing and I did a year with him and he was f- amazing. Cool. Really amazing. So
0: that was it. Left school, okay. straight into...
1: After I gone back to catering school because okay. at 14, you still have to go to school in France. So I, I would find a catering school and I was doing uh, one week at school and three weeks at work. That's brilliant. Like a proper French apprenticeship.
0: It's incredible. Yeah, it was
1: really good. Really wow. Good. And nice. uh, yeah, I so said, I did this year for free. And after from there, the chef maybe saw a bit of potential on me and uh, put me to a place in Lyon where I'd done my proper apprenticeship and I was 16. A place called Lyon de Lyon to have a two Michelin star. And at that time, as an apprentice, you had to do a trial to see if you were motivated to be able to be a chef. Right. So he was like two or three apprentices, 16 years old, doing some trial. And uh, yeah.
0: That's incredible. I Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That was the beginning. Yeah. Incredible. Love it. So what was your earliest and fondest first memory of food?
1: High-class restaurant or just food and in I think general? In
0: general, like what kind of what started to kind of set that fire in your belly and get excited? I'm guessing it's at home or I mean, family if your parents were...
1: I mean, hard to believe I was a very fussy eater when I was kids. Before oh, really? I started cooking. <laughs> and uh, until I was 14, 15, I was eating. Really bad. I was eating more vegetable than meat, actually, and uh, okay, I've never been really. I, I can't say I've been a chef because I love food. I think I've been a chef because I was a lazy teenager <laughs> at the time. I do not want to go back to school. That's what he was. And this is it. It's love not a it. uh, food for love, love for food or anything like this. I wish he was very it's a nice,
0: honest answer. No, though. no, he's it. not. He's
1: not. I wanted to. There's uh,
0: no dreamy no, no. story behind. I saw them. an
1: Aubergine. turned the light on on me and said, "That's what I want to be." Far away from it. <laughs> I was just a lazy teenager. Like most of teenagers in this world at the moment.
0: It's true, that's true. And
1: that's how I started.
0: Okay. So there was no first dish or something that you remember though going, wow, okay.
1: Do you know, I remember when I started my apprentissage going in this fridge in a larger section and of the smell of all the different herbs. And I would never forget, this you could smell the fresh cherubon and the tarragon. And, and it was really, really beautiful. The smell of this fresh ingredient. And, and I loved it, you know. And, And I mean, that's it, I've been doing this for 33 years now, 34 years. Can you remember
0: your first ever dish that you created? Yeah. What was it?
1: The first dish I ever, not create, out, create it as myself. Yes. uh, Would be, I was in Overton Grange, at my first position of head chef in Ladlow. And would have been a summer vegetable ravioli and a fresh pesto jus, something like this. Very simple. Okay.
0: There we go. Love it.
1: very proud of it.
0: Good? I'm sure.
1: Very proud of it. Wow.
0: So, which chefs inspire you most and why?
1: I mean, I've got a couple of chefs. I worked with some fantastic chefs, really, really fantastic chefs. But I've got a couple of chefs who I really have changed my way of thinking about food. One is Alain Passard, where I worked for him for three years, three and a half years. And it was a time where he, he was two star and we managed to move to three star. And I saw the intelligence of a proper chef cooking, where it's all about Cooking is not just about the produce, about everything else around of it. And make you understand the fire, make you understand the movement, make you understand everything about cooking. And this was really I think that's why I managed to be where we are now. One big part of that will be his influence to it. And the other one is Alan Lucas. Okay. Because the way he runs his business and what he can do in all of these places in the world is a genius.
0: He learned
1: a lot oh, from him. Oh, sure. a I mean, not, don't get me wrong, the quality of a la l'arpège was fantastic, but the quality of the uh, produce at Ducasse was, we could have a dish at l'arpège with a cod. It would be the best cod you could get, and it would be a plate, a fish dish, made with cod. At Ducasse, was all about the prime quality of the produce, where the best you can get. You would never have cod on the menu. That's it. it was not, the cod would have been bought for staff food. At l'arpège, we would put a dish on a la carte with it, and... This two visions of what a kitchen is about was very inspiring. Wow. And the creativity of Alain Passat was something I never see ever, everywhere else. Wow.
0: Amazing. I'm actually going to eat his food next month. I'm going to yeah. go into his garden in Are you? Oh, that I'm very be excited. That would be very yeah. special.
1: He's a genius.
0: I'm very excited. Make he's... sure you give
1: him a big hug for me. Yeah, I
0: will. Okay, so next question. What are your two favorite cookbooks? Oh, very easy. And why?
1: Um,
0: or more if you have more. No, no, no. I've got okay. two
1: cookbooks with La Rose Gastronomie. Okay. And a silver spoon. Ah, okay. That's right. it. Where well, is it? Two books where you can find anything you need to in it. And from this, you can do anything.
0: Love it. Perfect. Thank you. Which two ingredients could you not live without?
1: Salt and pepper.
0: Straightforward. Simple as that.
1: Because with salt and pepper, you can put flavor to anything else.
0: That's very
1: true. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Good. It's a lot of ingredients. I mean, Season all. I love the asparagus. I love the English asparagus. I love the, the first first hoop. But at the end, but you, you salt live and pepper. You can't do anything with this vegetable with this produce. True. Thank
0: you. Good. <laughs> what is your favorite comfort food to cook at home?
1: Ooh, my comfort food at home.
0: Like I mean, yeah. When you're stepping away from yeah, here yeah, and you're at home, yeah. what's your? Chill food, you're kind
1: your, of... I make your pot au feu. Okay. It's one of my son's favourite as well, I'm so proud. In the winter, he's like, Daddy, are we making pot au feu? Oh. And I love a good pot au feu. It's something you make on a Sunday morning, you make him cook most of the day, and you can have it two or three times of the week, and it's just beautiful. Love it. Okay, a good pot au feu.
0: Good. If you could eat at any Michelin star restaurant in the world today, where would it be and why?
1: You're going to put me in trouble with a lot of my friends. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a really hard one, this one. There's so many great Sorry, places everyone. in go. world. Sorry, everyone. He only gets
0: to pick one right now, anywhere in the world. You
1: know what? I'm going back to Marmo.
0: Oh, really? In September. Okay.
1: And I'm really excited to go back there.
0: Yeah, I really want to go. I've
1: been to the old one. Okay. And uh, now we're going to the new one.
0: Fantastic.
1: And I'm going with my uh, partner in crime. We're going, I'm going with Sadman. we eat everywhere together. And, uh, yeah, we're going back there. And I'm so looking forward to it. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, I really hope so. Really, really hope so. Okay, at the moment I would say I will go back to Morocco. Okay, because you there. are, and you yes, are going. <laughs> yes, and I'm going back there. Yeah, exactly. I
0: could, I can, I will. Yeah, exactly. Exciting! Oh, I can't wait to I mean, hear how it
1: is. It's not fair because like I say there's loads of fantastic places in this world.
0: Of course.
1: But at the moment in my head, yeah, I'm going back there. I mean, I've been to France and three times and I love I it. Love and I love France. Oh my it. gosh. It's, but you know what? It's like it's easy to say France and because it's delicious. Yeah. Is really, really delicious. But, uh, yeah, I'm going back to Mambo and I'm excited about it.
0: Cool. Love it. Can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> and so, well, who would you take as your guest? You're taking sats. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, at
1: the moment. My wife will not be happy, but yeah, I take sats.
0: <laughs> Answered that one already. Okay. What do you look for in a good chef?
1: Dedication. I think somebody who wants to come to a kitchen like ours has to be dedicated. Hard worker come with a dedication but somebody who passionate to make people happy i think it's very important to understand what we do in a kitchen is not just to satisfy our ego is to when it's coming out of the sliding doors is to give something special to people and this is very important never take your customer for granted and uh, and this is why people say oh sometimes we are hard but i'm believing we're living in hard world at the moment where everybody's saving money to to do something. And when we are very privileged to have customers coming and giving us some of the money that have been working hard for it, for us to be able to do the job we love doing, we can't take this for granted.
0: Humbling, isn't it,
1: really? You have to. I know you see all these celebrity chefs and flying everywhere in the world, but yeah, it's fine. It can happen. But it doesn't happen without you being very humble and understanding. Without these people, these 45 guests who will come every night, we're not there. And this sometimes, young chefs forget yeah, that. that. They think they see the TV, they see the Instagram, they say, oh yeah, we're more important than yeah, a guest.
0: Forget so the most important part of all it of it. It is.
1: Yeah. That, is fond- that is the heart of a, our of a job. Without this, we're with no one.
0: Oh well, yeah, there is no <laughs> that. There we is isn't the next We one. are
1: no one. We can't be the <laughs> best true. chef in the world. We are no one. Yeah. And this is very, try to make them understand. Every time they put something on the table one on the pass, would you eat this yourself? Would you be happy to pay for it? That's it. Good. And if you say yes, it's fine.
0: Great. I love that you're instilling that in.
1: It's very important. Of course. And I learned that in all my, the places I've been working with, with, Alain Passat, with Monsieur Ducasse, every chef I've been working with, at the end, without these people, you are no one. Good. And this is, yeah.
0: It's true. Very it true. Is, it is very true. They forget. A lot of people forget that. A lot of
1: people forget, that. Of people forget that. You mm-hmm. know, we, oh, we are, the chef is more important. Somebody wants to steak well done. Have it. He pay for it. You want to enjoy it. Exactly. I remember one guest at Ibiscus came to see me, a regular of us. He said, Claude, I'm coming with a group of friends, one of them, only stick and chips. I said, don't worry about it. We we it out. And I was lucky to be opposite Goodman Tech House. So he ran across and and John, I got to see John. I said, John, I want your best ribeye. And uh, he helped me. We got a the guy, we give him we give him a pot of ketchup, we give him some oh mayonnaise, gosh, we really made it. a massive bowl of pommes souffle for him. And the horse was so happy. And it's still one of our regular now. I love that. But
0: I said,
1: you know, i got
0: goosebumps. I yeah. love that. This
1: is, this is what make hospitality... Make the customer happy. It's hospitality. That's yeah. what it's about.
0: Yeah, of course. It's
1: not about, oh, I'm doing this, that's it. You can't have nothing else. Hospitality is about making people happy. 100%.
0: Yeah. 100%. Love that. Brilliant. Okay, what advice would you give to chefs starting their career paths now?
1: You come to easiest Brilliant. path. It's come to the easiest time of life because every business have adapts themselves to the current market at the moment and it's hard. It's it's hard. It's definitely hard. But uh, don't believe in what you see in social media, don't believe in what you see on television. Yeah. Because it's not pink. Not reality. It's uh, you will lose lots of your friend. <laughs> you will definitely lose of your loads of your friend. You will lose few girlfriends <laughs> and few wives if you can go down the line. And uh but the one you've got are friend for life because you understand exactly what you want to do. But like I say, don't believe in what you see on there. it's not about all of this.
0: How has the pandemic affected your restaurant and how did you adapt and evolve throughout?
1: The way pandemic has hit us, I mean, if we say about the Michelin house, we are lucky we have managed to relaunch your oyster bar, which has been a fantastic success. Amazing. We're really, really busy and it's just a good bistro. It's not trying to be the best, don't try to be the worst. It's just a really, really good bistro. And upstairs, we, we've gone to get something I would never wanted to do was testing menu. Right. But because the shortage of staff, a la carte restaurant, where I was proud to be an a la carte restaurant. But because the shortage of staff and the mentalities they have now where they want to balance it between life and work, where in this trade, normally you don't have it. Yeah, it's true. And I understand.
0: It's the biggest shift, isn't it, really? Since the pandemic now, people wanting that, craving that balance.
1: Even me, I mean, I had a two-year-old daughter. I managed to pass a full year with her where I never see her putting, crawling, putting the first step and I was part of this. And I understand it. But it's a job where we had to re-adapt ourselves. Don't we just do it a smaller a la carte because we still have a free course if people want it. Yeah. I can't just do tasting menu because we got regular and we got local. And I want people to be able to have the roast chicken and the souffle if they want to. Yeah. So it's still on the menu. We do two tasting menus. You can mix from, have some dishes from them if you want free courses. It's no problem. But we have to reduce our choices. Yeah. That's the main thing. We used to be a team of 18. Now there's only 12 of us. And it's 12 strong people there's only 12 of us and uh, this is the main changes for us.
0: How many days a week are you?
1: And we're doing four days. Just four? Where before it was five, five right. and a half. Right. And we should be open Sunday, it was open Wednesday to Sunday. Right. And we had to close uh, Sunday because the same, we come back to life balance. To be honest, I was not working Sunday. But it was easy for me to monthly decide I close Sunday because I'm not here and if I don't want to work on Sunday, it's maybe fair on them not to work on Sunday. On the business side of it, it was the wrong decision because Sunday was a very busy day for us. But at the end, well, okay, you, you can stay open. People who want to come on a Sunday will come on a Saturday or will come another time. But I have to thought, I have to think about the guys and I have to think about the longevity of the business. Yeah. And staying open on five days was not sustainable. Right. Not for that level. I mean downstairs, even downstairs, the store bar always, always used to be for 30 years, a seven-day operation. Wow. And we have to close a Monday. And now we're only doing six days. Because the same, I can't find people who want to do it. And try to find the right life balance. It's the best way to to go.
0: Yep, definitely. I think that's one.
1: One of my friends in Paris, Pascal Barbeau, Alastance, told me this when I started Tibiscus 20 years ago. He said, Claude, I'm going to do four days. I said, four days? Yeah, we're going to do Tuesday to Friday. I think it was Wednesday to Saturday. Something like this. And everybody's got three days off. Wow. I said to myself, this is a bit lazy, this. (laughs) But you know what? He saw it coming twenty years ago.
0: That's incredible.
1: And after Sad did it uh, in Nottingham. Okay. We did four days and he said the best thing I could have done for my guys.
0: Have you felt the difference and seen the difference?
1: On the mentality when you finish a Saturday and you know after a cleaning you just have to go home and you got two days or two and a half days off or three days of the week. That's nice. It's yeah, it's the difference. You can great. organise a weekend, you can plan to go away. Three days you can go away. Yeah, yeah. You can have a long weekend somewhere.
0: Things. You, yeah, can you make can do plans. things you can do, fans. Because
1: even two days, you think, okay, first day on a Sunday morning, you get to wake up, it's going to be 12 o'clock, half of the day is gone. Yeah, after Monday, you do your thing, and Tuesday, you're back to work. It's quack. Quite... At least you're refreshed and exactly fueled,
0: refueled, and ready again, yeah. not tired and exhausted. No, no, exactly, and hamster yeah. wheel, just
1: yeah, you need, and if, yeah, that's it, exactly. The hamster wheel is a perfect description. We'll try to find this balance.
0: Good, great. So, can you share any wisdom from the experience, well, you've kind of covered a bit of it now, really, from the whole experience in the last two years, but have you changed, and has your cooking changed?
1: Yes and no. I mean, my mentality when I'm in the kitchen is always the same, make sure we do the best we can. Personally, we've gone through even through this 18 months with my wife not being well and the two kids and things like this who have made me realize it's not just about the restaurant it's other, it's other thing which is very important and try to balance this is I mean I told my wife I said now ah, I would try to take a Saturday or two Saturday a month to be with them because two kids is not easy to look after when you're on your own and uh, okay I don't, we try to balance this and pass a bit more time with them without trying to lose the control of the business who at the moment so far is working fine because I've got a great team with me. You know, you have to have. You can't be on your own. Yeah. You have to have people around of you help you to carry on pushing the business forward. Of course. And they have to believe in it, but also be able to balance life and work.
0: Great, yeah. wonderful, good. It's wholesome in a much more wholesome, healthy place on the other
1: side yeah, of everything. It really, I think, it's. I think it's, it's. I think that's what it is. I think pandemic have shown to lots of people it is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, make us realize as well. Don't take your life for granted because it could be everything could be fine today and tomorrow. tomorrow.
0: The whole world could go upside down.
1: Exactly, this was a big shock. I mean, for us, we are living on a day-to-day running. It's just
0: crazy, wasn't it? I mean, it was what? make you
1: realize, oh, wow, okay, the so door is closed. There's nothing coming in. Look he makes you think about your business completely different.
0: And again, makes you more humble and appreciate everything even more, even more, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely make you humble. I mean, the success we had after we reopened was I was really worried because our restaurant was, before pandemic, was a good 60% tourist.
0: Right.
1: And I was really worried to reopen. I thought, this is going to be a disaster. But we have such a good support from the British customer. You really make feel like, oh yeah, we've got a good business. We've got a good brand. People believe in it and want to eat with us. It was fantastic. It's
0: amazing. Yeah, it was really what fantastic. What boost to yeah, kind of is. get everyone back into the groove and up and running yeah. again, and just people, breathe oh, life into yeah, everything. And people
1: say we're so glad you still open because it's so many places who actually oh, shut down and locked down, shut down because the landlord was not supportive. No. Most of it is because the landlord have not been supportive.
0: 100%. So what happened to me back in Spain. Didn't have supported landlords, so I had that's to... It. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's crazy. It's really sad because, yeah, I mean, they don't care. And it's life.
0: Yeah. Well, my sites are still empty, so they, yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's the karma part. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you know what you're going to lose, but you don't know what's coming in. And exactly. It's... Uh, actually, I enjoy pandemic and lockdown because I pass some time with my children I never had before. Yeah. That's sad to say because loads of people have a hard time, but... I managed to see my daughter growing and I managed to speak to her in French, where I didn't manage to do this with my two other kids. Oh, wow. Look, we can. I mean, she's two years old. She understands what I'm saying.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's really amazing. I love that. Yeah. That's great. It gave you time, didn't it? The precious gift of time, which don't ever have. Yeah, my
1: wife is not happy because it's all about daddy, daddy, but, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that.
0: Love it. Claude, that's it, that's a wrap.
1: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you, very much. you
0: so much. What an interview. I think it's gonna inspire everyone. And so. uh, yes, enjoy eating at the end of the year as well. Ah, and okay. I can't wait to hear all about that. Yeah, yeah
1: we're going, uh, I think we're going to the 20th of September. I'm really looking forward to
0: it. Very good. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: I hope you all loved the interview with Claude. Isn't he great? He really is doing great things. Some good sound advice there too. And that's it for today. I'll be back of course in two weeks time with yet another brilliantly talented chef to share with you all and inspire you lots. So take care, keep busy, keep powering on, keep on keeping on like we all do all the time. And, of course, subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. Please do jump on and rate us. Five stars, please, to push us up the ladder. Share us with your chef friends and everyone else, any foodies and anyone who you know who will get a kick and a boost from listening to these interviews. And that's it. Of course, follow My Muy Bueno chefs on Instagram. Use our hashtag to search and be inspired. And of course, when posting your own images and just being part of our growing culinary community right here at My Muy Bueno. Take care, and I'll see you in a fortnight.